0: Welcome to No Gods, No Master Volumes. I'm Simon, I'm a record producer, musician,
1: and I make pedal demos as Tunnel of Reverb. And I'm Guion, I run Holy Island Audio, a one-man effects pedal operation from Wales. In this episode, we talk to Alex at Robot Graves Industries. Alex designs and builds aluminium guitars and necks, and also he's just designed an amplifier.
0: We talked to him about the design processes involved in developing aluminium necks and guitars, how you get into the world as a builder, and his history with pedals, guitars, and building robots. Alex also uses a giant stereo pedal board. You may hear that referenced in this episode, but you'll have to wait for a bonus episode for all the details of this MIDI masterminded monolith.
1: Aluminium. Aluminium.
0: We should circle back to where, where did you... Start with your like, like, where did robot robot graves begin? Did you start with amps? Did you start with necks? I know you've done pedals as well, so like, I think it'd be interesting to hear where you started.
2: Uh, I'd say, I would say it it started accidentally mm-hmm. in high school, so I'm 36, okay. so that's that's mm-hmm. 2002 or something. And I bought a buddy's guitar, I said, I'd, I'll buy it. I was playing bass at the time, and I was like, I should learn guitar. And I was like, I'll buy your guitar for all the cash in my pocket. And he was like, deal. And so I had a hundred bucks and he's like, that's way more than I thought you had. And I was like, that's <laughs> less than I thought I had. So we both yeah. hope- <laughs> walked out of that thing. It was the deal. But I was, I was super into, um, I just get in, into the rage against the machine mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and like Tom Morello doing the, the kill switch stuff. And I was like, I'm going to cut a hole in my guitar I'm in high school in rural Connecticut. I didn't know where you buy parts or anything like that, so I just went to the hardware store and bought a light switch. And I was like, I'm just gonna put this in the guitar and yeah. put a light switch in there. And I used an X-Acto knife to cut out the pick guard. Like I'm just a kid mucking around, <laughs> but I kind of had this like desire. And I I bought a book like Beginners Electronics for Guitar or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll I can't remember. Yeah, it's like the it's a really old book electronic
1: yep, projects book. for musicians yes
2: yeah that's the, the book, book i bought <laughs> yeah i completed nothing in the book i failed entirely i had no <laughs> clue what i was doing um and i just was just trying to muck around and then after like kind of took a a break from from making stuff It it's just like a thing in the back of my mind but then um playing live music and doing some stuff and getting back into band of course this is going to come back around to electronic audio experiments John. Mm-hmm. But before it always does. Yeah. Like, dude, I listen to your first ones and I'm like I'm going to talk about John it's going to be so stupid.
0: Everyone <laughs> does. I swear to you. Yeah. Everybody does.
2: But yeah, I I um I was stuck in this forum called Quest for the Holy Tone. And before right. I knew anything else, and they were like, <laughs> you got, you got to get, uh, an electric amp and blah, 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 blah. And just like these old dudes that all played jazz masters, you know, stress me out as a kid. Um, but yeah, I, I played with John and I saw like him have just like some nothing pedal. I was like, dude, what is that pedal? And he's like, Oh, it's just a, a super hard on. I was like oh i know Zvex. they don't make pedals like that And he's like oh i cloned it and i was like what do you mean you cloned it and he's like super <laughs> super easy check out tag board effects and like go check it out so this is before john ever he made i think this is like the only pedal he had made yeah and I was okay just, i was just being that asshole at a show that's like questions <laughs> you about your pedal board right before he has to go on stage yeah yeah I'm like, dude, what, what is that doing? So then I decided I bought like the biggest enclosure I could because I was not gonna deal with small space. And I made just a super duper two in one mm-hmm. with a single pedal loop to try to do that as well. And I was like, cool, I'll start with this and had fun with that and didn't really like explore. I I did some other clones, but never didn't didn't delve deeper. And then I did an amp clone. And I bought a Sierra Tone Haywatt and did all the work to, to clone that. And then was like, okay, I think I could make amplifiers. So I did amplifiers first mm-hmm. with black market. Oh, okay. And then in my spare time, cause then black market was run by um, two guys that were in a band, Venetia fair. And one of them was the guitarist of Venetia fair. And he used to like hold his guitar in his teeth and just go crazy. According to lore lost a bet. So he had to move to bass. The bassist or whoever it was got to go to car. So he's on, he was on bass and he wanted a distortion that would like do something. And I was like, Yeah, dude, I've done a couple of clones. Let's muck around. And then we looked at um, Beavis Audio Research. Oh, yeah. And we were looking at some of his stuff and he was like, Oh, the four knob rat, affectionately named the fucker, um, (laughs) is uh, would be awesome to do. So we, I think. I modified it straight out the gate to be – because he had four knobs and then three switches, but you could condense those three switches down to just one five-position rotary. I just think when he designed it, rotaries weren't as accessible as they are now. Mm -hmm. So then I just ended up making that, and I was like, I'll just make a – I, I learned about doing PCB design. I'm not good at PCB design. I just know how to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, yeah, I can load up Eagle. Yeah, I can head over to Osh Park. Yeah, I'm capable of these things. <laughs> so we did it on a PCB. And then I was like, I'll just make a couple of these. And I just kept making them. And that was like the first pedal, the first like robot graves product was that. Okay. The Universe 25. And it's just it's just the four knob rat. The, and I was very Tried to be as clear about that. I'm like, it's just the Beavis Audio for Knob Rat. He just never made pedals to sell, really.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And by the time I was in, he was already like, his website was not down, but just he wasn't doing anything. So yeah, I made that. And then I made, I made a deluxe version where the second button just gave you a second gain and volume. So you could swap out the gain volume basically for like, I was super into the um, Palisades and I was like, I wish the Palisades just had a second volume knob instead of just gain game knob. Mm. Cause you turn, you're like, Oh, I pump up my gain, but I lose. I, it's, you know, I want to alter my master volume with that. Then I did a reverb where I accidentally missed, did a bunch of the parts. So it was like a low pass reverb that had a really nice amount of boost to it by accident. So I just cloned that and just had to like maintain those values for a while. And that was, <laughs> that was the side reel and I started getting crazy with the side reel. I added like a um a feedback loop into it so it could the reverb could feed, like how a delay would work. Yeah. But on okay. reverb it's way way harsher, a little bit more fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then yeah, so I just I just played like very much in the not exclusively clone base, like I wanted to alter something, but I was just very much mucking around with like the art form of like spraying them and lasering off the spray to make a pedal oh, yeah. enclosure and just, just having fun with it. Not really like never like tried to quit my day job or like mass producer or, or go crazy. I was like, yeah, just a couple, you know, like I'll, yeah, I'll do two or three and I would do like, I would do, um, two universe, like a deluxe universe, 25 and a mini universe. Cause I ended up mashing it into like the, what is that the normal pedal enclosure size i don't know what that's
1: called 125b
2: yeah i think it's that's like the regular uh, sauce that everyone uses
1: yeah like uh, i'm trying to think of what brands use that <laughs> it's Everyone like a,
2: like a carbon copy yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah so i ended up fitting four knobs and the rotary into that with two stacked pcbs and i was very happy it's
1: okay wow well, now I'm thinking it might be a 1590B. Uh, is it B? No, this is it just a 1590? The the smaller one. I've, I have was just talking to Simon about enclosure sizes <laughs> beforehand. So uh, I had yeah, to wait you, a, where's your example? I lost the
2: numbers so long ago. It was so stupid. I, I can't... They should, not that they should put names to them, but, like, man, it is tough. Yeah. I have no clue what I
1: mean. Right? This little thin thin boy.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So it would be this. 1590. Yes,
2: yes, yes. Yeah, it so was there. Is a
1: B? I think there's a B in there.
2: Yeah, I think there is a B. But yeah, and I was very happy with like where I was going with that, where I could stack the two PCBs because mm-hmm. it was the, the the rotary was ended up just being uh, all the post amp clipping options. So it was like okay. non LED, asymmetric diode, symmetric diode, and then mm-hmm. MOSFET. Okay. Um, and then similar there there was. There was all okay. Sorry, there was also a switch for
1: feedback clipping. Is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, in, the, <laughs> in the feedback loop of the op amp. You mean?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a clip. There was a clipping there too, and you had a couple. Same thing. So it's just the roots mod plus the feedback clipping plus all the other clipping, and fitting that all into there is just it was fun. And then I would just make a. I would make like two at a time and just do the same art on each of them. So I'd be like, mm-hmm. do a fade, like a sunset fade and then laser them both uh, clear coat them and just like put them cool. up for sale. And I didn't take orders at that time. And mm. that was a ton of fun, but yeah, so I, I did that for a while and was still doing that when I started dabbling into next. Cause it was the same. That's when I, the only reason I think RGI picked up is because I obviously, because the next, but I dabbled into next because there was a void of, I messaged baston, and he wouldn't reply. And he clearly wasn't making any for at least me. Yeah. And then I went to EGC's website and they said in their FAQs that they weren't making any. People were getting them somehow, but they weren't making any. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to message this guy or whatever. So I was like, I'll start it. And it took me like two years to get the the first three done. Even cut. Like I had to outsource the CNC and all that stuff.
1: So yeah. had you ever worked with Aluminium before that? Or was that just... Um, the best I can
2: say is in high school, I mucked around with competitive robotics. And of course, yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> so I was uh, slapping around robots. And oddly, my first <laughs> year, we made a robot with this like um, super long. Basically, it's just like uh, just imagine just a standard like uh, little rolls around on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. four wheel robot. And in the center of it, it just had a big stick that okay. was hooked up to like a chain drive with uh transmission. So like had crazy amount of torque on the stick. And it was this big aluminum rod. And okay. we were like, man, this aluminum, like we had a couple of them to swap out. And I, for some reason, cause I was just, a was like, t- like 13. I'm a freshman in high school. And I got into this fascination of completely chroming it out by polishing the shit out of that pole. Mm. And I was like, we're going to have like the shiniest
1: pole. And it's like,
2: and I don't, I think that's where like I started with aluminum and I learned okay. how to there as well. We did aluminum frames. We didn't like, um, because there's a weight limit, you usually do aluminum with those robots. Yeah. It's not the yeah. same as like, it wasn't battle bots where it's like, okay, we can just be super heavyweight and just, you know, have a spinning blade of death. It was more yeah. of a technical competition. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, I learned most of my aluminum stuff from there. And then same thing. I took classes for CAD, in okay. uh. at that at that time. So I I got into some of that stuff and then again stepped out of it through my whole college career and then now that I've like dabbled back into it now I'm starting to get um actually pretty proficient in it. But I took as much CAD as I could and I took as much robotics as I could and oddly high school paying off way more than college paying off in my <laughs> later years. Um, but yeah, I, I that's where I started and then i was entirely outsourcing the um cnc i yeah. first I first outsourced it to baston's like personal guy who was doing him oh, okay and then i brought it to one of my buddies who has a machine shop and i outsourced it to him instead cuz he would give like a quantitative break it wasn't you know it's not a the first guy it was a hobby and he would just like make some and you know sell them to me and then the other one was like oh we you know we can do this many. It's a 90 day contract with a, uh, 1% net 30, blah, blah, blah. like a standard company contract. So that was a bit easier to work with. And I didn't have to like talk to a guy that then talks to a guy. I could just talk to a company rep and that was good. And that's so like the first one, the first one came out. Okay. And I launched, I got the product, worked on it, basically taught myself how to do some luthery. And the day it was done popped onto Craigslist, found the cheapest jazz master I could get drove two hours to get that jazz master. He's like, dude, I just set up the neck. It's perfectly straight. The strings are good. <laughs> yeah, yank that straight off. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to immediately tear that apart. So tore that apart, got home and like put it up and um, played it for, I don't know, an hour took photos and was like, I'm going to do pre-orders. Like I, oh, I wow, think okay. here and cause I had dropped just to do to get three because he was like let's cut three you know it's gonna be the same price to cut one and as is to cut three on his machine yeah Yeah. so i out of pocket dropped three grand just to have three guitar necks Mm. but i was like okay and then what does a run cost me he's like oh it's you know it's this much per unit blah, blah 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 um i can't remember even what the pricing was back then um but so i was like i'll just run a thing and posted it on some Facebook groups of people that were like were following. As I went through this two year long journey mm, yeah. of like, I have a design. Does anyone have a CNC shop? And then like one of my longtime friends was like, I've got a CNC shop. We're, like we'll do it over here. Blah 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 blah. Six months later, nothing's happened. He's totally ghosted me, and I'm like, okay, gotta oh. <laughs> I gotta move on. It's like lost a friend, and, and then you know it is what it is. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta like. That's I think was one of the big learning things. Was like if you're not hard paying someone and it's not their job, yeah, they're not going to work. You know, oh no, no, yeah. No. It's one of those. I, when I look back, I'm like, if had I had the foresight, I'm like, man, it could have been a two person company. Had he, yeah. you know, been like he wants to be the CNC guy and I be the CAD guy, or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just a two person business. But it never um, didn't work out that way, and that's life. And you move on. Yeah, yeah. and uh. So I end up contacting Baston. I'm like, dude, I don't know what the hell to do. And um that's he was like, we'll, we'll cut the first three because oh, okay. uh, there's a lot of similarities between his design and my design. Mm-hmm. Um and he's like, We already know how to do almost everything for this. Mm-hmm. So we already have like all the all the um stuff behind the hoods. So they basically what I was paying there was the them doing the cam work, which mm-hmm. is the navigating the machine around the design you make and fixturing and stuff like that. So yeah, I paid three grand and I was like, I'm going to do pre-orders. And I launched with 10 and then those sold relatively quickly. So I moved it up to 20 and then Sasha Donable bought like the other 10. Oh, and was just like, because he was just one of the people that was like actively, I didn't, I wasn't aware, but he was actively stalking as I like struggled through learning everything about this. And he was like, I I think you're going to kill it. And just was like, yeah, Pulled that trigger, so like, wow, that's cool.
0: Yeah,
1: that's really nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things where it was like over like four days. I was like, oh, dude, my bank account just showed up with like thirteen thousand dollars. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta do some work. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I gotta get rid of this money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Spend
2: it, spend it on the the thing. I do that now. Yeah. It's still one of those things where like when a bunch of orders show up, I'm like time to buy some inventory. Cause if it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's in a yeah. bank account, that's crazy. I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. It can't which be is, there. Which is by the way, how all business, that's how Amazon works too. They're like, Oh, yeah. we got too much money. Spend it.
3: Yeah. yeah. We're, we're yeah.
2: looking too. we're looking too. uh, we're looking too black. Let's get into the red. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I feel validated all of a sudden. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how everyone operates, man. It's crazy. And then, um, yeah. So that was, I think that was a huge thing for me. Like having Sasha, I'd say like John got me into the idea of like, you can make stuff. Cause I, I went to college and I was like, I'm going to make guitar pedals. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to get into it. And then I just like, I didn't meet anybody like that. I didn't understand anything like that. And there was just no safety net of like, that's a, that's a possible dream. No one was there. So I just like abandoned that. And then seeing John do, I was like, Oh, you can like make stuff. It's, it's possible. It doesn't have to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then um and then slowly like grew from that. And then Sasha, him supporting me in that way, which was so crazy. Um, that's what really like broke broke me over the edge of being like, okay, this is kind of cool. I is like kind of
0: viable. End.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a there's a there's something here. And again, that was the same thing of me being like, I'm gonna target this because there's a void. Like I am gonna spend the three grand. I don't yeah. know what's gonna come out of this, but I'm gonna spend three grand and then it blew up a bit more.
0: And that makes sense, like even seeing like the the THRD, the tailpiece piece that you made. Mm. That was a total mm. gap. You, you as can well just though. call it, yeah, you can
2: call the third if you want. Third. So cool.
0: Yeah, I never know I was when oh, I was thinking that? that, I was like, I've yeah. got one. I never know how to I, yeah, have I never heard someone it. say it.
2: I call <laughs> it the third yeah. I mean it's I considered putting like the I in lowercase because that was um Dave at Baltimore Sonic yeah. Research Institute was the and he didn't even remember he came up with that acronym. <laughs> but he was like, Yeah, tunable harmonic resonance device. But yeah, that's the same thing of like <laughs> I couldn't afford, nor do I think I would actually enjoy a um new complexity guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. But there like the way that he was making stuff and some of the like ways it was working, I'm like, that that looks so cool. And I wonder if there's like a more reasonable approach, I don't yes. want to say like playable. I just want, to, I just mean like most of his guitars. you know, like they're just crazy. It'll be like, yeah, bridges in the middle with how much yeah. length it gives it. And I'm like, it mm-hmm. is the sounds he gets again, same thing where I'm like, he plays guitar in a way I never would, but yeah, it's cool. as it's, it's cool as heck. And the way he gets these like, um, almost wind chime type sounds out of stuff. It's, it's awesome. Um but yeah, the the approach to that and I actually talked with him because we like I posted some of my cause I struggled that was a again the same what you were saying, the same thing. It's a it was a void that I saw. Yeah. One hundred percent same thing. I'm like, I want this, it doesn't exist. I'll just make it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done Google searching the same shit every week and no one no one's out there doing yeah. it. Yeah. So I started design work, but the with like Not many constraints, and as I started getting into it, I realized what product I actually wanted to make. Mm. And that was so it was like a two or three year design process. Mm. Um, before I even put metal and like put a dollar into it, I was just designing in on paper, then in CAD, and then like making CAD renders to get myself excited. And I'm like, I don't think this will work, blah 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 blah. Yeah. it took it, that was the most because the the constraints there are you only have you can't go into like i didn't want to modify the body yeah i just wanted it to go same as the neck i wanted to go straight onto any jazz master equipped guitar mm-hmm. could just pull six bolts out and put this in yeah so it's like i can't yeah. go any deeper into the body i can't i can't ask the player to add some crazy break angle Onto their neck so they could raise the bridge up super high. So the string height is where it is, which is pretty shallow. Mm. And I only have so many materials that I can manufacture with. And how am I gonna make this? And I was like, I'll just make it all out of stainless steel. I'm just gonna learn how to mill stainless steel. That did not go well. That material is tough as nails. Yeah. So I learned, I I mean, not a hard lesson, but I was I was mucking around with stainless steel for a little bit, and I was like, I don't think my diy cnc that i hand built can machine materialist top it's yeah it's you know like the gantry is made out of aluminum extrusion trying Mm -hmm. to bore into stainless steel is like i I don't even know if i could do like cast iron or or mild steel forget a a material that hardens as you machine it is just like it's crazy so so i learned that lesson and and mucked around with it but yeah that the design constraints was both like what kept me coming back but what made it so difficult of how little space i had to make a whole new break angle there's so
0: many rules to follow Mm -hmm. there like you say like you're trying to make it literally like plug and play yes like you
2: can have all these ideas but if they don't work in that so yeah it can look it can look as cool as you want but if it can't (laughs) like if if it's higher than the other bridge then you've already failed yeah and you need you need to have a certain amount of break angle so the guitar is actually still playable, and then it has to have its own break angle so it's playable. Yeah, and it's it's a it was a fight, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But yeah, that's that same mm. ethos, and I was glad because when I started posting about it, he actually like reposted it and was like this guy's doing some weird stuff with, with also with third bridges. You guys should check it out. I'm learning cool. stuff. I was like, mm. dude, I'm copying you. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be
0: <laughs> don't so nice. Look at, yeah.
2: Don't look at me. Yeah. Don't look yeah, at me. Don't, yeah. look, don't look at me. <laughs> but yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, um, that felt like I kind of got his blessing of like dabbling mm. in the same because obviously in the end, the product is very much not even close to the same thing
3: yeah.
0: that
2: he does. Yeah. Uh, third bridges. Cause there is, um, to get a little nerdy of a, a third bridge is it, um, an actual technical term. It's not like a made up thing from him or me. Mm. It is what, like what we're doing or like the, have you ever seen the passarelli? No, uh, I don't think I have. It's from, do you know who Kaki King is the musical artist? No. Oh man. She's, um, she had an album legs to make us longer, which is beautiful. I highly suggest listening. Mm. She's a drummer that then trained herself how to play guitar. Oh, cool. So she, yeah. she's one of those like finger tapping one hand's playing baseline. The other hand's playing this oh, awesome. thing. Yeah. She's doing all this stuff, hand hand tapping the guitar to like do drums along with it. Oh, okay, okay. Awesome. So she's like very much in this like experimental tuning. Cause she doesn't have any constraint of like, this is what I learned a chord on. She's like, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. just make a tuning and then try to eke out a so- sound from it. So she made the passarelli, which is this, I think it's like cast bronze and it's this um, I want to say like a, a very long or tall D if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And it, what you do is you loosen all the strings on your guitar. You put it the flat side all the way up to your 12th fret and you tilt it up and it has six little slots for the guitar strings yeah, and then you tune your strings up. So, or I think she was like said the fourteenth fret. I can't remember, mm. but you maybe it's the ninth. I can't remember what fret you put it on. Um, but you basically end up with you can't play the guitar at all. But you end up with twelve strings, twelve tuned strings that are playable. Mm. So your left hand is plucking and your right hand is plucking, and fretting is not an option anymore. Oh. Ooh. And it's one of those things where it's like her design there was like you play, it, you experiment with tuning, like like what she yeah. does, yeah. And you can write songs in that, and that's very, it's very similar. There's a Japanese instrument that also is the same thing. They had it in like a bunch of movies, but like they have a ton of strings on the semicircle, and you play it on a lap, and there's a bridge that runs across the middle, and both sides are tuned, and you just play both sides of the same string, oh, wow. and it just is like. A a weird but yeah so the term has been around and same thing like she's turning the the normal bridge into a third bridge and she's braided a whole new bridge in the center whereas I'm leaving the bridge I'm turning the bridge into a third bridge oh no yeah I'm turning the bridge into I don't know which one is the third but yeah it's basically it's just like as many break angles as you have as many bridges as you can you can make and you as long as you keep you can slide them around you can tune them and you know a string could make six different notes if it was you know wrapped around six different nails on a board so you can do you know anything you want but yeah that's that's where it came from and i was trying to come up with a name and i was using the acronym to then also make third was like okay so dave's just a genius just (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah
0: because I I've seen the guitar he built with one he has the oh, yeah. pickup yeah. and he built like the breakout box and everything
2: yeah and I, the break
0: it's just and like I didn't put a pickup on mine because I was like I'm just gonna see how it is yeah just, and then I saw Dave's so I was like yep I want to do that like I'm gonna copy you Dave and he was like oh you know what? I'll make you the I'll make you the pet I was like yeah I when I have the money I'm doing that <laughs> that's so yeah,
3: fucking cool
2: <laughs> you can you can so I did for the demo one that I I have it has the um if you don't have a slot same thing where i was like i'm gonna make this um playable without having to modify so i got the submarine pickup
0: oh Oh, yeah okay yeah
2: and you can fit that under there not to um sell you on a company that has they don't i have no business with them but i bought one (laughs) it's a it comes in Oh, my God. Their product design, their box, is like opening up an iPhone freaking. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Somebody spent some time and money doing some yeah. real product design in that box. Yeah. It looks beautiful. And the product is good, too. But, yeah, you can. Um, it has switches for each string, mm. which which is kind of cool. But, yeah, they have the full pickup one, and it definitely fits in the space. But you'll have oh, to, cool. you know, yeah. m- muck around with it. But, yeah, that's a good alternative, I found. Yeah. to like if you want to hear it and then same thing it has its own jack so then you put it into the bsri's box and that's a yeah. really good um companion piece which i should probably talk to him and just be like hey do you want to make a couple of these and i'll just put it up like as an for addition sure. to yeah. the like hey do you want a third companion
0: because i've been using mine for writing and like i've on the this poor kids record that came out this year that i did we used it all over and we like wrote parts just with the third bridge and like it was in the studio. It was totally easy to like make it work without a pickup. Mm. But when I think about using it live, I'm like, yeah, I really want to just push it through, <laughs> mm. make sure it's heard.
2: That is officially the first. Uh, you're the first person to have told me to, that you used it in a musical setting and not like just played with it for fun.
0: Oh yeah, there's like there's like parts on that record where we just like you can I'll send you the like timestamps,
2: dude, dude. You should please do that because that is the coolest shit. I think
0: I have a video even of him playing it on
2: the record. Yeah, I'll, there was. I'll
0: see if I can find it.
2: There was video of like it was like quick shots of the studio, mm-hmm. and someone was like, "Yo, what is that?" And I was like, "Yo, it's the." And yeah. they like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." Someone was asking if it was his, and I was like, "Dude, I'm pretty sure that's Tunnel Reverbs." Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I like I, if I'm not using like if i'm not playing shows i keep mine at the studio because is the guitar people walk in and they're like "What the fuck what the fuck is that yeah yeah. (laughs) what does it it do and it's like people love it it's just like Mm. it's it's interesting and inspiring and
2: that's a huge thing that like um a lot of guitar builders do that i should probably dabble more into because it's not the same as you know you can pop in a pedal and try it at the studio but it's not you know if it's like if it doesn't make sense in about like 2 minutes mm-hmm. you're moving you, on yeah yeah you yeah. got to move on like it's that's too expensive to to muck around unless you know you're in a separate room mucking around while recordings happening but the yeah, yeah. studio guitars i think pull more work than most people realize when you like definitely n- not thinking about it but like you wonder like okay you're going to record at electrical audio and like how many of albinis guitars are sitting there for use not and you're not going to use them because they're albinis but you're like oh man there's you know an egc with like you know these pickups and that stuff Mm -hmm. like what would that sound like on this and a guitar is a lot easier you know there's two knobs of which you're both going to put to 100 to dial in so it's like it's not hard to dial in and most people can just play you know as long as you can play it confidently it converts over i think that's the the biggest thing is like once you become confident in the guitar you can hear you know it starts playing itself yeah yeah but the the, that's where i think the if i had more bare guitars that were like complete builds that i could just bring i think studios are a great place to have product like that absolutely i I know some pedal guys do it but i i feel like i gotta do that more where i'm like oh yeah dude it's just here and you know, it's it, it is for sale, but I'm not trying to, you know, not trying to sell to anybody, but yeah. That's how I got sold on my stupid V four in the first place. Yeah.
0: Oh my went god. Went to record with Mike yeah.
2: Mischetto and Machetto and uh went to record with Mike. We'll just go with that. <laughs> and, uh uh and he was uh, I brought, you know, there was a couple of bass amps there and he's like, Oh, I'll bring my V four and I used my settings and put it into the V4 and I was like, dude, that is the sound like i've never been more the sound than right now Mm. this
0: happened to me in fact that's how i ended up with my robot graves neck is because i played yours when you came to my studio yeah i played it all happens in a studio and i literally (laughs) was like i need this like i need one of these like right now and then Mm. like six seven months later i moved here and uh yeah it was like the first thing i did was (laughs) get a neck (laughs) and then me and my buddy were building the guitar and we had like a mastery uh, bridge and everything. And then I saw the third and I was like, nope, I want that. I want that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And that's how I ended up with it. And uh, yeah, I I completely forgot that that's how I, yeah, I didn't even know that I wanted an aluminum neck guitar, aluminum neck guitar. Oh, you've swapped. Oh, um,
2: you can do until, it. Uh, Ever so often, uh, I, I like to do it in, in a thing and just say aluminum. <laughs> oh, nice. It's fun. I get,
0: I get caught between it, it now.
2: It. I find it funnier than a. I, I know some people are like, get very American about it. And I'm like, eh, I think it's funny. It's just <laughs> a, yeah. What are you going to do? Spell color differently? Never.
0: Now I'm, do, now I'm like, living here, I second guess things. I'm like, I, I always stick to what I, you know, naturally do. Like, I'll write color with a U. I'm never going to change that. <laughs> yeah. But okay. then sometimes I'm like, oh, it kind of looks weird. I'm like, oh my God. I haven't even lived <laughs> here that bad. long.
2: <laughs> <I get you. laughs> you're not saying lift anymore you're adapting uh elevator (laughs) i mean it's a cooler word straight up elevator is just a cooler word
0: (laughs) but then sometimes like i found like a in like i'm thinking about like a practice space where there's like a freight a freight elevator people always call it a lift so i'm like oh do they at least in at least in chicago they have been at least the people i know in chicago what what if
1: someone's giving you a ride somewhere is that still a lift no, that's a ride. I say lift. Oh, that's you know, a ride. People don't like that.
2: Yeah. Lift. <laughs> lift is the what? the app. Yeah, I'll give you an elevator. I'll give you. An... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can you give me an elevator to the store? <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe I I might get that going. Just Start doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No yeah. one will question it. They'll just think you're foreign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they know that already. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> but like, it's true. It's
0: like what you're saying about the whole like having things in the studio because. I've been working with a lot of like flying bands as well who just don't bring anything. And that was yeah. part of like with Paul kids, they brought guitars and that was pretty much it because they knew, I mean, they know knew what I had, but um, it's also being able to cater to those people. But also when people want to try something different, like you know, you'll mm-hmm. record your like rhythm guitars with the Telly or Jazz Master or whatever, and you're like, okay, for the like fuzzy bit or for the double, like, let's use something different, let's get a bit mm-hmm. weird and then. Like with yours, I tried your neck, and I ended up with one a year later. Or yeah, people yeah. play people play a pedal, and they're like, okay, it's on the record now. Like, I want to get one.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, you've sold stuff for me that way as well. I think
0: honestly, it happens, and yeah. it's never like I'm never like, oh, please try this. Like, you know, oh, you can yeah, get it, it at www. It's like, yeah, I just have like fucking loads of pedals, and people want to play them, and it's just a place to try them.
2: And- <laughs> yeah, no one in the studio wants to be like pushed up a product. No, oh, no but it absolutely like, uh, I think it's the same thing where, where um, like for at, like not to say that there's a lot of advertising in in our space or like at our sizes, but like advertising is, is something to like consider. I don't really dabble too much in advertising because I feel like it has to be in your hands to really understand what the product is in the first place. Yeah. Not the same as anyone can demo it. I, I think the only two places that i've seen really good or really helpful movement is like someone really cool playing one yeah and and looking like a total legend on stage and I'm like yeah. okay
3: mm.
2: you like that i think that sells people cuz i think in the end like when i think about guitar it's like 90% a flawed instrument like it should just be made better but it is all just because it looks cool and you feel oh, 100% like yeah it. and it's like okay so once once you are cool with that and like or and then people whether it's subconscious or conscious it's like yeah i would look cool with a robot graves i'm like okay that's dope but i think a lot of it is like what you're saying is like the more i sell them to customers that actually go out and play or bring it to their friends or do stuff with it that's the better sale for me because other people are like what is that can i play it yeah that then starts this like cycle of like five people down the chain
1: of like oh man i played his and he played his he played his i can't remember the last time i played a show and someone hasn't stopped me afterwards to be like what is that yeah yeah, yeah. it literally yeah.
0: happened to me the first show i played with my rgi build that i felt really bad my friend was playing before us and he broke a string and he was like does anyone have a guitar and i was like i do i do have one <laughs> but it's kind of weird like it's not it's not like your telly, you know what I mean? Like it's that's it's why you've got to guitar. use weird
1: tunings. Yeah, I mean, weird as fucking, fuck. Dude, no, I was okay.
0: like more than happy to lend it to Bob. I was like, I just want to warn you, it's got like a cheese grater on it. Like it's a really needle. <laughs> like yeah, it's like, and I'm using 13 to 56 or like a weird gauge. And he and he played it, and he was like, "This is fucking am- like I just I mm. want this guitar." And I was like, "Well, there you go."
2: Yeah, yeah. It does. It's it's um it's a lot of fun, and I I a lot of times like when I play. I often just leave like I'll bring my guitar out to the merch booth. Cause I'm like, you're oh, just really? going to make yeah. me bring it out here. Someone's going to mm.
0: yeah, might as well take it.
2: Yeah. Someone's going gonna... to, and mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's half sponsoring my own band. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. R- RGI sponsors every tour we go on. So our whole back line is all black market custom from when I worked there. And I oh, got cool. a whole, made a whole back line. So it's like, Two six twelves and a two twelve two fifteen. Split split between two people is like we can we have four heads on stage and we're just <laughs> awesome. big. it's a lot of fun. I
0: We did one tour like that where it was with two guitar players and a bass player and we we did one tour with a trailer and we were like, okay, we're gonna just take two cabs each and like we had backup heads and everything.
3: Yep,
0: yep. I'll the last we were gonna do stereo and then we decided to just do you know, full stacked cabs with mono guitar and everything. Yeah, was big mono. It was awesome. And then uh, we went back to not having a trailer and just having a van. And we were like, ah, let's just go back to. <laughs> we'll go back to just four twelves again.
2: <laughs> yeah, and <At> one eight ten. <laughs> the I think the closest comparable band to us. There's this band called uh, Change to the Bottom of the Ocean. Oh Hell yeah, yeah, mm. dude, that's one dope that you guys know them. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're um they're like gear. The other like big big gear band yeah and he's currently like the their guitarist is playing out of three four twelves <laughs> and he's running three heads and because he, i think he it's like his flanger or phaser or chorus it might be all three of those in one pedal but yeah. it's it's like three output oh okay yeah so his like flanger is so much more stereoscopic sounding live that you're just like that guitar sounds unreal, yeah, it just mm. sounds
0: like nothing else,
2: yeah, they are sludge ninety percent of the time, but they he puts on like puts on the wackadoo doo setting, and you're like, dude, I'm in space, and it and like it's still sludgy, and then I think their bassist is now in stereo as well oh, that's Ugh.
0: great that's what yeah. I always wanted to try. I always wanted to do two uh eight tens
2: bass stereo is a lot harder, I think, because you get um it's a lot easier to get phase canceling.
0: Oh yeah, that's what I always thought. It would just be like ninety percent of the time awful, ten percent of the time best thing ever. (laughs) Yeah, best thing ever. I think it's you.
2: you, What you have to do is set them up just like straight in a line. So you're just like how like um sleep or or sun not not suno suno would be a bad example because they set them up in a semicircle. It's like a
0: ritualistic circle thing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But like sleep sets them up in a line, and like Boris sets them up in a line. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how you just gotta. You gotta run it like that, and then you don't get any um, the wall. Real. Yeah, you just gotta run a wall, and then you don't get phase cancelling.
0: It's, I miss having a van because I've since then I've gone down to like two twelve. I'm yeah. still using like stupid heads and big pedal boards, but because I have to get a lift to every show, I'm like mm-hmm. I oh, can't go. I can't a lift, <laughs> a ride, a fucking oh, yeah. elevator. Oh uh, yeah, that, that makes more sense because I have to. I have to rely on somebody else to drive me there. Yeah, I, yeah, like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't be. Also, like I didn't want to rebuy a bunch of four twelves. Not gonna lie, I didn't bring my four twelves with me when I moved.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a. If, if I had to move, um, whenever I some like um, get like a job offer or something, and I'm like, man, maybe that is enough money to like you know take a time off from this or whatever. And I'm like, man, I'd have to move my uh, my CNC machine, and I'm like, <laughs> I'd have to move my my. Amplifier collection because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I personally own that's like my backline, and I'm like am i would i take i'm like dude i'm 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 staying here yeah, <laughs> that's I, like I'm, even the thought yeah I'm invested in New England way too hard at this mm. point I will say i think after doing like um post fest, I feel like the I think rented gear can do a lot but i I, I think some of the people. Or some of the this I don't know, I don't know if I wanna go into this dietribe, but I was just just there's like a surface level thing that I feel like there's the Kemper or the the other stuff that's out there, yeah, that I think a lot of people say sounds the same. And I agree in the studio it can sound yeah. as good. Doesn't if feel not. the same. But the thing is like when I'm watching it, when I'm when I'm hearing it live. I've yeah. yet to hear a good Kemper band live.
1: Yeah. Mm. And I don't. I feel like it's got a sound. It's like it. I, whenever I've seen it, it's always been like techie death metal stuff. So it's yeah. kind of yeah. like so techie. It's, I'm not even listening to it tonally. I, th- I feel yeah. like I'm just being like, fuck, he's fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: Condra all use. Uh, what do they use? They're Cortex. I yeah, saw yeah. them. It sounded fucking amazing. But I know that if I did it, for the stuff that i've been playing I, I know it wouldn't it would sound i guess to me it wouldn't sound as good maybe it would sound just like totally cool out front
2: but yeah
0: it's just one of those know. things
2: where that that's where i've been i've been thinking about where i'm like i just feel like there is um and i don't know i don't know if what i'm hearing is psychosomatic as well like because you know I, i'm you know having what I'm having this haptic feedback of like well like where's the cabs like i just want you know Mm. i want you to rock out and you know you're still doing you still got your hair flowing and you're doing a shred solo with your (laughs) one leg up and like yeah dude it's tight but it's not like um doesn't hit the same way and i'm not sure if it's like okay is it stage volume because it seems like they're confident and i'm like it's it can't be that like the player
1: isn't confident in it because that's they could just be really good at acting. I just <laughs> like the trouser flap, I think. Yeah. Um, when you can feel it shoving air behind you.
0: The best ones that I've seen have been using cabs with the profiler. Yep. So like okay, yeah. the line six and then one of those like pedal babies or something. Still mm-hmm. running into a 412. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. kind of like, those are the ones that I found to be like the least jarring. Um,
2: yeah. I, and I think it's, I think it's the stage audio level even though the sound guy's going to be like pissed off at you or whatever oh always it's like the the again that like it comes back to like player confidence and just being like that was a huge thing of like why i wanted aluminum even in the first place of like when i was searching for it was like i want to be i want to feel indestructible like i want like i want to grip the neck so hard that it feels like i could just like break it with my (laughs) hand but know that it can't. And like, that is such a satisfaction of like, and I think, you know, it's, it's stylistically comes from different things, but I'm like, yeah, I really come from this like hardcore background and the music now is way closer to post rock or post metal, Mm -hmm. but it's like,
3: Mm.
2: I come from this part where I'm like, I don't want to stand still and perform uh, the song. I want to perform a show and I want to move around and like headbang or whatever and it's like the confidence in my instrument is the confidence in myself yeah. and stuff like that so that's definitely where that's that that comes from and I, I yeah i wonder if it has any haptic feedback into the like not having a cab on stage or
1: you know show cabs that don't this, do anything because yeah. I, I saw old man gloom recently and they were all playing what Were they was it, they were they were quilters on stage anyway Mm -hmm. And it kind of broke the illusion for me a bit, I think. I I don't know if I was just expecting... Because then there's the opposite then, when I saw Oathbreaker years ago now, and that was like just a wall of gear where everything was interesting to me. And I don't know if it did sound as good as I thought it sounded, but there was just something about it that was like... It just appeals
0: more to people like us. Yeah, it's like weirdly
1: (laughs) magical, and I can't look away, and I'm like, everything sounds incredible, and how much of that is... Just me imagining how good it sounds, even though I am yeah. hearing it. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like seeing Boris with like a space echo on stage. And like I've seen a thousand space echoes. I've used a thousand space echoes. But when mm. I see one on stage, I'm like, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. That's so yeah. exciting.
2: Yeah, it's like, um, oh man, I can't remember. There's a there's a piano player that's like a that uses. He's like somewhere between technical and not, and he has a space echo that's mm. tap off and he like will put sponges into the tape as he's playing pieces and it like it warbles the echo in like real time and i'm like Mm. it's it's like yeah i'm sure he could just like like micro turn a knob on on a really good thing and get very close but like the way that it's physically manipulating in there is part of that experience of like it would never be the same like the tape that day is acting this way. His sponge is this way or like whatever the heck is going on.
0: And it's the same with the cabs, right? It's part of the show at the end of the day. Like it's the performance isn't it. Yeah.
2: Mm. There's definitely just something, something about it.
0: I remember seeing like a being side stage when I was, we were touring with a band who had a silent stage and it was the first time I'd been like that close to it where everyone was on ears. No one had amps. This is like, quite a few mm. years ago and i remember just being like this is so weird there's not even monitors i'm just hearing drums yep like, you
2: just hear drums yeah
0: it's just the strangest thing
2: it is crazy it's also crazy to me to see like when a band is super big and you know that they have like a, a dry stage like that and you watch people side stage watching like yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah dude you are side stage just to be seen to look yeah. cool yeah mm cuz i hear in know...
0: the back of the pa
2: yeah yeah <laughs> i know what you hear is absolute shit yeah <laughs> you're hearing the drummer play his practice
0: yeah mm. and it's phasey and <laughs> wubby. Uh. it's like when i've, I've tech for bands and like yep. you're sat there waiting for someone to break a string and you're just like this just sounds you know not as good as out front
2: <laughs> yeah yep it is not you're not in the zone where the sound is man yeah mm. it's wild
0: where, we should really touch on the design for The ritualist before sure. we uh, wrap up. Because it's, like, we, so we've, we've seen where you were with your early designs. When did you reach the point of, I want to go full guitar?
2: So, okay. So I was manufacturing. I was outsourcing my manufacturing. And it was costing me just to get a raw piece of uh, an, an unfinished neck in the door was costing me like 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. So even no matter like how much I ordered the, the other downside is again, it was like net or 90 day contracts. So if somebody Mm -hmm. wanted, somebody asked for something new or a, a different inlay or something like that. If I didn't have it in stock already made, I'd have to order it and it'd be at least a three month wait. And then I could start doing luthier or like, it takes about like 15 hours of labor to transfer from raw neck over to a finished neck
3: oh god yeah Oh, wow.
2: that's pretty intense yeah it's it's a lot of labor so i was outsourcing this and this whole this whole thing and i was like i think because i do all my work in fusion 360 and they have built in cam so i was already i did all the cad work and i was like i think i can do the cam work and i'd been watching this guy um Wintergarden, Winter garden who made a marble machine i don't know if you've ever yes you like,
0: oh my god i've watched those videos yes yeah
2: he he made a marble machine by doing um by just being like a regular maker and just doing this like thing but it really only like played one song and only worked once through the editing of video Mm -hmm. and he like made it look like it was well made but it Mm. was like just held together barely it was a
0: huge machine as well right like
2: it's it's like um it's like a zort whatever the the it's like a big vending machine or something like that yeah and um he was like, I'm gonna make a better one. So he's like, I'm gonna computer design all of it. I'm gonna learn about design. And so he was doing stuff in Fusion 360, which is what like I was like, I was already doing some stuff in Fusion, but like that made me up my game, learn about like a whole bunch of different stuff and how to like source parts into other parts and like have uh, sub assemblies and stuff like that. And then mm. and then he got a CNC machine. And was like making parts on his CNC machine. And I was like, this doesn't seem that hard. And he started dabbling into the cam code. And then I found some other people doing cam code. And I was like, I bet you I could teach myself the cam code. So I did all the work to to what I thought would be how I would manufacture the neck. And I learned about like five-sided machining and all this stuff. And I was like, I bet you I could make a neck. It might not go perfect, but I bet through some trial and error I can get there. So that I was like, I got to buy a CNC machine, looked up the price, you know, did all the work. And I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is offer full guitars. And that will be how I fund the full CNC machine. So I had, I had two people. I was like, I will make you whatever you want. I don't care. As long as it's not a double string, um, I'll make you whatever. And I had two people take me up on the offer, and those are the two models that I ended up. That I just then continued to offer. So they're like, technically, if you want to call them, they're signature models that like these people paid upfront. They're they still paid cheaper than what even what the current guitar is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they it was a delivery time of when I figure it out. Yeah, like that's just gonna have to be how it is. So yeah, yeah. the. The Ritualist came about from um same thing from change to the bottom of the ocean. Their guitarist was like, "Yeah, I'll i I'll be stupid and jump in." And uh so we did that and that's how the, he was like, "Let's combine this this and this and you know, a little bit of the fat lip from this thing and a yeah. German carve and I like tossed some stuff at him and pushed back on some things and we got to somewhere where we were both comfortable. So his he has like in his inlays on his 12th fret are chains on there
1: yeah oh awesome
2: yeah it was was a cool thing but yeah that was it was like i only did that after i don't know i think i made next for like six months to a year and i was like i think i'm ready to do the full guitar because it was a lot more of like the engineering isn't, I did. I don't have any constraints anymore. I don't have to match the fender pocket. I don't have to yeah. match anything. I just have to be like, it takes strings and holds pickups. And that's like the the, the, the those are the constraints at that point. So mm, yeah, it was nice. And I already had the neck as like a base model to go from. So yeah. that's, that's really where it came from. It was just looking at what was out there and looking at like, Somewhere between EGC Seeger and GCI and uh, a ton of other builders where I was like, uh, even like uh, Tides, he had some, like German carves that I was like, but he does his German on the wood ones. He does it by hand with like the huge router thing. And I'm like, you're going to kill somebody someday. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I ended up like programming all of it. And yeah, so the first one was just a acrylic single knob. Ritualist that was, and then he came. We came up with the naming convention with him, and then John wanted very close to a jazz master. So I just um the traditionalist is the the follow up of like a way more classic Fender esque design. The only thing that's really different is the the top horn cuts in deeper, as to not end like because the neck the neck pocket is way deeper into the guitar. It's it's not the same. I, I want to say, like, this, the 16th or 17th fret is where the, the pocket normally starts yeah. on a fender. Whereas these, like, the pocket starts at, like, the 20th or, oh, okay. like, 21st fret. So it's this really deep inset thing. But that same shape that you're, like, you're used to. So I couldn't have the horn come out there. I There's other people who don't, like, when someone does an EGC with the Telecaster shape, he yeah. just doesn't like he just engineered it. So it's like, Oh, it's just the telecaster shape and you just bolt it on. And his pocket is way deep. And that horn is just like a flat section that just comes out. And it's not, to me, it's not an elegant design. So that that's like, part of it is like trying to match in this, this elegance of like, I want the pocket to come flush. I don't want there to be any sharp right angles or anything like that. I just want it to be clean. So yeah, it was, the shape was a, a ton of, uh, ton of feedback from him a ton of constraints because he wanted acrylic out the gate Mm -hmm. so we made it like way thinner Mm -hmm. hollowed out some stuff and like changed the i tried i don't know if i altered the shape too much to try to shave on save on weight but man acrylic is so heavy it is monumentally heavy and um you could hollow it out but then it ruins that crystal clear armstrong look yeah yeah and I do like on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's like Illuminati who also do an acrylic that lights up.
3: Oh yeah.
0: Oh but yeah.
2: Theirs is all frosted because they hollow out the interior space to, to make ah. it. Smooth. So their guitar, Let's they're see. both their neck and guitar are both super lightweight Yeah, and I love them for it, but it's like they are function and then derive the form from the function and their function yeah. is entirely about like weight saving mm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And then they're like, and then their their manufacturing is perfect. It's crazy how good they are. For me, it was a lot of I want form and function to be at the same time. I can't put one before the other. Yeah. Because I know going back to that about that, like being confident and being like feeling like you belong on stage is so hard to do. And I'm like, I want it to feel. At least for me, I want even when I'm watching someone play my guitar, I want to feel confident in them. Yeah, yeah. See and and be that way. So it's like, yeah, this whole like it's got to be crystal clear. It's got to look cool as fuck. Like it's just I can't I can't skimp on the coolness just to um, save Save the weight. weight. Yeah, yeah. So and then I still try to like in the um, electronics enclosure, I toss a little bit of um, polish in there. But you'll still see some machine scarring because it's just impossible to sand. It's like sanding the inside of a pedal enclosure. It's just an impossible mm. task. Yeah. I can imagine. You can't, you can't get into the corner. It's just the corner is the corner impossible <laughs> to ask. But yeah, that that so that the design came from there and then has um has evolved as I've done, you know, um I did one 30, I did two 30-inch ritualists. <laughs> for two people that wanted like basic style
3: yeah mm-hmm.
2: and one was uh like a river pour um elm though it was from the boston gardens elm like a diseased elm Cool. and uh mm-hmm. my cousin did the the river pour for my friend and that was a dope project to like it was like all three of us like coming together to make it and he did stereo rig did his so it's a basic setup it has normal guitar placements, but he has a third pickup in the middle, mm-hmm. and Avedisian wound it so it's just the first two strings. Oh,
1: okay, interesting.
2: On its own jack, so he could run a whole bass board and just run those two, which is dope.
1: Hmm, yeah, that sounds proper. ah, in- oh, that's I've never even thought about the fact that the pickup doesn't necessarily need to be wired, you know, coiled around. Yeah, I for would- the whole his
2: feedback was that you, you do have to think about it. It's creating a magnetic field. So it is not just mm-hmm. the first two strings, but it yeah. is mostly the first two strings, a good mm-hmm. healthy bit of the third string. And then, you know, drops off considerably. Yeah. But yeah, you can, there are people who do to have like the, the single wound. There's, I can, there's some guy that's on Instagram that makes the weirdest freaking guitars. And he just keeps making these like hack guitars. But one of them, he has pickup. And it's just a, a a single coil, and it's just like a ring of of coil around a single pole, and it's just <laughs> single string pickups, and he just like puts them wherever he wants. Oh wow! Yeah, you can just yeah, you can I'll do, have to look that up. Mm. You can do some weird stuff out there. Um, but yeah, did that did that, and the uh, um, did 30 inch fully polished aluminum ritualist, I and mean, I think that to me was. Where the german carve i finally got to see it like shine where it was yeah. in my head so that's yeah. the
0: one that's on the website right there, there's a picture of it on the website i think oh
2: probably yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I made it um again it was one of those things where i'm like with the 30 inches i was like okay it's going to be a questionable i'll take the like i'll take the task i think i can do it
3: mm-hmm. and i
2: will uh to go off on a tangent I, i've had people ask for stuff that i've just straight up said no to yeah or I Taken a week and done research, and then still said no to because I just won't there's still constraints of what I've taught myself and what I know aluminum can do and my mm-hmm. design aesthetic and my engineering mm. um choices that I'm like I don't think I can solve this, yeah and i'll I, I might get there like there one guy wanted a twelve string bass neck Whoa. um which i again they exist, and he was yeah. like, it's for this thing, and you know I he was Seemed pretty open to like whatever I needed to charge, he would pay because he was tired of truss rods. Yeah. But when I calculated the string tension, it was somewhere near 400 pounds of string tension. And I was like, I think I need a truss rod regardless. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Because the the neck he was running had two truss rods. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I don't like this. And I was like, dude, I think you're just screwed. Like, you, yeah. if you like yeah. bass, you're fucked, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where I was like, I uh, maybe at some point uh, I can make one that's doesn't have a truss rod, but just has stiffening rods yeah. in it that are you know some just some stainless steel rods that just bolt all the way through it. But I was like, at this point in my life, man, I did some minor calculations, and this seems titanic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: like wild. Yeah, it's crazy. People, I mean, again, it's like someone asked for they wanted to do. Um, an exotic design and they wanted like a seven string Floyd Rose. <laughs> and I did say yes to it, but I was like, this is the the price point of how much new stuff you have to, I have to design. I'm like, unless you're cool with five K, like this is yeah. a, a dog yeah. of a guitar.
0: Yeah. It's a huge project to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to create these things from scratch. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. Just just, so much work straight out of my brain piece. Like just, <laughs> yeah, n- there's nothing there to base it on. And I, it would be, and it's one of those things where I'm like, that would be sick. And at some point I might dig into that of getting Floyd Rose onto aluminum because it's, uh, again, one of those things where I'm like, I think that market is sorely underserved. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Of like, yeah, someone wants an ex, someone wants a like sharp explorer or I don't even know what those super radical shapes are, whatever they're called. Like the lightning bolts freaking. Like, oh Yeah spiky ones there's a whole group of those guys that just like love exclusively those in like hot green with the black stripes and stuff like that and i'm like yeah the thing they want is the floyd rose and the seven string and i'm like yeah i just need to need to dabble into that stuff but again it's the 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 projects are good because the i go for like where i see voids in personal things like Mm. if i ever get back into pedals which I would like to. I think the only thing I really want to do is stereo pedals. Interesting. Yeah. I really want to do like a stereo boost with some EQ. And I feel like it would be a lot of fun. And I know that my niche would be small, but there are people that I think at the end of their stereo chain would just love to be like, Oh, it'd be cool if there was a louder button.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And in stereo you're screwed or you click two buttons or you get buy two boosts and put it into a double stereo looper freaking thing, so you have one. But like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, no, it, there should just be a simple solution out there. I, when I, other people will see things that they want, and as long as they're open to like what it costs to do the R and D, usually I'm open to a lot of things. But yeah, I will, I will say no to stuff. Um, that makes sense. Which is, yeah, I think we all say no to stuff. Oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah,
1: which is which is it's good. Di- it's <laughs> difficult to do I think as well. Um feels like there's a lot of pressure to agree to things especially when people are sort of uh I don't know nice to you over the internet. You feel like, "Ah, oh, I do want to help you out, but that would take up so much time." Um maybe people don't quite realize that as well. It's nice cuz I don't I mean the
2: the big thing that I get away with that I think the pedal guys at least it's a lot harder to do is I can agree to something usually because it is an engineering task and yeah. it is not nearly as trial and error because mm. you might be able to like, again, you might be able to say like, Oh, can I get a big muff with a boost? And you're like, okay, yep. That already exists. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. called the bus and you can get one, mm-hmm. but sure. You know, whatever. Um, yeah. And, a lot of that stuff can be plug and play but if someone's like oh i want this 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 and this and you're like okay are you trying to pay for a whole custom circuit that could take anywhere from 1 month to 9 months or you know yeah, yeah. whatever what kind of feedback are you looking into it's like okay if you're just asking me to like design a new dirt pedal with some of your words <laughs> as inspiration you know yeah if i'm low on dirt pedals or whatever you might be able to be like yes i'm going to do that because I was already going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of times I can say yes to some things because I can just go, Oh, it's just a little bit of engineering. Like I already know how to do the work. Like right now I, the next task, I actually have a a couple of tasks from a a builder up in Canada that wants headless and, which will be cool. I I don't think there's many, I don't think there's anyone that's dabbling in the aluminum headless market. I
0: don't think I've ever seen seen
2: anything there. And it's a lot of stuff of like some of it. I'm like, this will be a little bit harder, but, Beyond like the initial constraint of the design, I'm like, a lot of this is just the work I've done before. It's just a new... I just have to redo the neck profile. I just have to do this. Yeah, do this, yeah just adapt it. And just do... like it's. I have to do all the work over again, but I've done the work before. And it's not nearly as crazy as being like, oh, this project, I have to learn how to use vactrols. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that could... T- I don't know how long that'll take. It could take yeah. any amount of time. I have no yeah. experience with it. And, um, where is this? It's like, I'm sitting, uh, ne- I have a body next to me with a pocket sitting here and I'm like, cool. I just got to pull some, num-, you know, pull the data off this pocket and start, um, doing the design work for the pocket. And then it's my standard, like the work I've done for five other neck designs. I just keep going. Like the, the only reason I have a 30 inch base neck for Mustangs it's because someone pulled the 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 trigger and was like, "Yeah, I'll pay the extra amount to get that design, to get in the there. custom one." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "I'll then we'll carry it," and um, and it works. It's it's a lot of uh, a lot of fun to do that, and I do like the the design requirements. And the same thing with like some of them are even easier than I think people realize. Like, um, I just did a custom inlay with somebody's initials
1: in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh well, I saw text in a in an inlay. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it, it's um
2: the way I do inlays because so there's a, a constraint within aluminum does have an expansion and contraction at a much different rate than inlays will. Mm-hmm. Um and different than wood. Uh and so inlays in wood will still like a block inlay can still pop out on a wood guitar. It just happens yeah. sometimes but there's still wood fiber to grab onto for the super glue and all that stuff. There's it's obviously aluminum is borderline non-porous as a material. So getting those inlays to stick. So I I've adapted my process that I make like a, a well around the inlay of hot glue. And then I overfill the inlay with epoxy. Mm -hmm. I, I I also sand and uh, acetone it right before I pour. So I have a very like, uh, unoxidized surface that's ready to pick up the ready to adhere is what i want to yep. say and um i over pour it and then grind it down so it's like perfectly mm. flush and then i still coat the whole thing in super glue so any possible gaps get still completely filled um so that process it's like any shape can be inside those inlays as long as mm. i can the, the the only constraint is milling it yeah um so someone was asking for like I think Tommy Yomi like cross inlays. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I was like, yes, I can do them just so you know, they will have like softer. They won't have a sharp corner that a chisel can do. I can't take a chisel to an aluminum fretboard. It just just doesn't work. And I was like, there is that constraint, but otherwise I'm like, it it will be pretty sharp. It'll just be a little bubbly. And in the end, the person was like, no, that doesn't work. Like I want the sharp corners. And I was like, okay. You want a constraint that uh, right now, I don't know how to solve. Maybe in the future, I'll dig into this and find a way to, you know, get some hand tools in there. But right now, I'm like, I'm not comfortable taking on that, the, a sharp corner project. So I don't, just kept it away.
0: I can say it's really interesting to hear how, how it, the process is, you know, you offer all these custom options. And like, obviously, it relies on somebody being willing to pull the trigger on it but it's, I feel like it's kind of rare to be able to hit up a company and be like, this is what I'm looking for. Like,
1: yeah. It's like surprisingly, it? <laughs> surprisingly organic. I think like it's just the demand is there from one person to begin with. And then it sort of develops into something that you can offer. I think that's quite a nice way for things to, to grow in, in a design sense, at least.
2: Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, as, as the person who's choosing that path. Yeah. I,
1: <laughs>
2: 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it is weird, and again, there's sometimes where um, same thing where like someone will ask for something so ugly that I have to be like, I just don't think it's a good product to make, or yeah, I think it will, like, this will have no resale value, and then you'll be mad. Yeah, you paid three grand, and it won't sell for five hundred because it's so specific to you.
0: No one else will want it.
2: Yeah, it's borderline. <laughs> And again, like there, there are some people out there, like there's this whole, I don't know if you've ever seen the like granite people that are into granite parts on their guitars. No, no. They use like granite fretboards. Okay. And it's like a whole Back. tone thing. And again, like I'm an aluminum guy. Well, I can't really comment on how stupid got. <laughs> but it was one of those things where he was like, I want to do an aluminum neck with a granite fretboard and it was i'm not i'm not like you know it wouldn't be so ugly that i think it it was just one of those things where i'm like i don't i know so little about what you're asking yeah, that i yeah. just can't even fathom what i would yeah. do and then like and then the other times i will also push people to other companies like um same thing illuminati right now has done fretless um yeah yeah aluminum guitar necks and the way i asked him about it and i was like how are you doing it cuz i'm so if people are using wire wound, it's just going to dig into it. Like you're going to put a scarring into it so fast. And normally like people on with wood, they, they like hard wax them. And then you re you have to like redo the wax every so often. Same thing with like all violin players, all cello. They like, they do fretboard conditioning so that it wears through that before it hits the wood. And then they like, you know, they can recondition and do all this stuff. I'm like, if it's aluminum, no one's going to do that. They're just going to assume it's going to work. So if I put conditioning on it, it's just going to wear away. And then they're just going to wear a hole or a divot into the neck. So I asked him what he did. And he was like, Oh, do you have access to a bead blaster? I'm like, of course, no. I have no access to that. <laughs> He's oh, like, Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> He's like, We bead blast it, sand it, bead blast it, sand it, bead blast it, sand it. And that work hardens it so much that it can't, will no longer take wear from the strings. Wow. It's super hard. So like the fretboard is—it's technically brittle, but everything underneath it is not brittle. It's just you know strong aluminum.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like the—you wouldn't be able to dent it. You'd only be able to chip it in that sense. Yeah. So it's just like you know, similar to like the the um, glass or whatever. But it's a wow. cool way to do things. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of times I'll just have to—I have to be like, there's someone who's doing it better. Same thing with when people ask for six in line, and I'm oh, like. Yeah. I have yet to dabble. I, I think I spent a week trying to design a six in line that I liked, and I just didn't mm. like them. So I was like, "Nah, mm. not now. Maybe yeah, in another not, year. Not first, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll come back to the sketch pad. We'll see. <laughs> I just, I don't. Now that I've done the offset three and three, I'm like, it's my signature. I'm just, yeah. Done. I don't want to.
0: Well, that feels like a good place to wrap up this episode. That's been mm-hmm. super fascinating. Well, thank mm. you so much for chatting with us about it. Where can where can people find you? Where's the best place for people to find Robot Graves?
2: Uh, I, everywhere. I'm Robot Graves. At, at RobotGraves.com. robotgraves at Robot. Uh, yeah, Alex <laughs> at RobotGraves.com is my email. You can do do, do whatever for you want. Twelve
0: string bass next. Please, yeah. don't hit that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get a pile of absurd requests, <laughs> i would be so mad that I said anything about that. Yeah.